When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit Hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. Yeah. Yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owl are. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing a murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a huff a puff. Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his songs about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Good morning, my people. Oh, and oh, good welcome. afternoon, good evening, good night or if yeah, you want Whenever you happen to be listening to Happy this. lunchtime Welcome to The Wolf and the Owl yeah. uh, How's it going, how's it going, how's it going Hope you're well, hope you're well, we're well uh, Tom and I just before we like to have a little chat before we press record, just to see get the old com- conversational juices flowing. Both had a workout, feeling yeah. pretty good about it. What did you do? What did you do? Me, I did chest and back today. Mm. Little chest, little push and a little pull. Feel yeah. good for that vibe. Feel good. I had a pu- I had a push day today, bro. Push. Did you? All push, all push. Yeah. Are we gym jocks now? I think we might be. Yeah. I um. We I look actually, a, we um, locker room Joes. Yeah. Yeah, we like you know. I I I I know I'm not a locker room Joe until um I walk around the change rooms naked. Currently, I'm not. I don't even set foot in the change rooms. I literally I turn up, do my workout, and leave immediately. Yeah, but that's a, that's a kind of maverick look. That's mm. a maverick look. That's still a pretty yeah. yeah. You're still not doing bad with that. The worst. I also think I've I've tr- transitioned to full gym wanker because uh, I've bought lifting straps. <laughs> In all the time I've known you and loved you, I never ever thought. <laughs> did you buy them from a shop or did you buy them online? I bought them online. Oh, so basically, like a cu- couple of weeks ago, I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. <laughs> you. I was lifting so much fucking weight, boy. Uh, yeah. I was lifting so much weight. Yeah? I needed to get the strap now. A couple of weeks ago, um, I was at the gym and this guy, I think I've talked about it before, but this geezer that I, that I used to go to school with, who's absolutely hench, was there. And he goes, do you want to jump in with me? Become friends with this guy now. Well, you know, we used to hang out quite yeah. a lot at school. Yeah, he's, yeah, like, yeah. he's a genuine schoolmate. So anyway, we, um, I jumped in with him. He's absolutely ripped. 
and he had these lifting straps. It's like this glove with like a, it's like a, oh, a wrap right. thing. Yeah. With I don't know what lifting straps are, bro. Okay, fine, fine. I've ridden on that horse before. So, you know, you wrap your, you, yeah. you wrap it and then you lock it in or whatever. So, so he, he was showing me how to use it and I was like, oh, this is much easier because my little hands get so tired gripping onto the bar. And sometimes my back's still ready to do more, but my hands are so weak. So please tell me you said that. Yeah, my back's I ready to do more. My back's my back doesn't I feel like that, it's just yeah. my wrists, bro. Yeah, I, I put a funny voice on as if that isn't what I said, but it is what I said. <laughs> so then he goes, "Well, you should get these lifting." Were you leaning so on his shoulder when you're saying it like that? Yeah, yeah, it's like my back can do more, but my hands just give way. Huh? Yeah, that's why. Um, that's why I was only able to do ten percent of what you did because. <laughs> Because of my grip stroke. So then, like, so he goes to get these lifting straps. So I ordered them off Amazon. And what they do is um, they cause me to take an extra 10 minutes every time I do an exercise because I can't fucking figure them out at all. Do you know what I mean? They're a complicated piece of kit. They are. Co they look They look really simple, but the setup is really complicated. Mate, and then I, I, I went with my brother, and my brother was just like, what, sorry, my brother's like, what level do you think you're lifting at? Like, I, I get this for an Olympian. <laughs> right, so somebody that's got to push that extra ten percent, you're picking weights up off the top shelf. You know, you're you're, you're at lifting the a buck old fifteen, yeah. And then you're getting the straps out. Look, I love the idea of you straps just walking up to someone going, "You'll pass those uh, fifteen over here." Yeah, and then they just chuck them over. <laughs> whoa, 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 cowboy! I got to strap them up. Hold on a sec. Um. But they are like the avenue into that. When you've got those, you are a full qualified gym. You're a jock now. You are a jock. Well, I am a jock except for how I actually look. Yeah, but I mean? did you ever watch Pain and Gain? Yeah. Well, I watched the first half of it and then I, t I tapped out. But Oh, man, I love that movie. Um, yeah. Actually, the second half is incredible. You should go back to it. But there's, you know okay. the guy that they're trying to con in it? Yeah. That's how I can imagine you are when you first yeah. joined the gym. Oh, no. uh, what's that, Tom? What's that? What's your comedic theme? Uh, naming a film and the character that's the biggest <laughs> would be me. No, oh, that's, no. That's, new, that's new. No, I'm just saying. You know, you know, you know, um, you know, insert name of film. Yeah. You know, insert name of fucking muggy character. Yeah. That's you, that is. I'm just saying. No, but. You know, you know the biggest fucking embarrassing fucking neat prick in that? Yeah, much as I love you, that reminds me of you. Oh, does it? Does it? Is this another chapter in our abusive relationship? <laughs> no, but... Why can't you ever fucking name me as a hero? No, but he becomes a hero in the end. Mm. He's very I've not seen the end. I've well, not yeah, seen watch the end. the end. Actually, don't watch it. Just just take my word for it. I actually can't really remember the end. And actually, <laughs> I might be enough more than I can during that one. What I'm saying, though, is you are now on a, a thing of... You've become that cat. You've become a guy, right? Who's gone from not knowing anything to actually having gym straps. That's a big move, bro. Yeah, but I still don't know anything, really. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, what you like? Doing? What's your progression of weights you've lifted? Where have you gone from, and what are you at now? That's how you know. I have made. Pro I have made progression. You can see I, that. I, you look sick. You're looking in amazing oh, shape. I don't, I don't. So I got recommended these scales. I don't know how these scales do it, right? Scales um, are the worst they, thing, by the way. Yeah, sure. But these scales are like. You go on them barefoot and right. they've got some like weird sensors on them. 
Yeah. And they can analyze your body fat percentage, your Yeah, your is it your your metabolic age or something? And yeah, I mean, your, yeah. I've got, yeah. I'm well aware of that shit. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm no, you're fully aware of that. Check him out on tour. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I, no, but, so, sorry, and they said what you do for the app, so it goes onto your phone. Yeah, 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 yeah it yeah, goes yeah, onto yeah. the app and it goes onto your phone. Yeah. So first of all, my body fat percentage. Yeah. What, what do you think my body fat percentage is? Just looking at me there. I know Genuine, you no, 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 no. But looking at you at the moment and looking like when I've seen pictures, I'd say it's got to be quite low, no? Twenty nine point six percent. That's that's pretty good though. Right? No, that's a, that's a third though. No, that can't be all right, can it? A third of your body is fat. Isn't Mate, that what like? Isn't that what bears do before they go to sleep for the winter? <laughs> Mate, if I put mine in, I guarantee it's worse. Like, what's what's the app called on that? Um, uh, let me have a look. We, by the way, we're not sponsored by these guys. We're just. Uh, oh man, what's it called? It's so fucking annoying. Let me just see where's fitness on my fucking phone. I've got a new handset. Do you know what that means? Yeah, and it means you're using terms from 1985. <laughs> handset. Right, here we go. So what are we looking? What am I looking for? Body fat. Yeah. Right. How much is this? So you're better than me. I'm 39. I'm 30.9 body fat. Yeah, it, that, but this is us in the best shape of our. Well, it's not what, the best shape of my life. What's your metabolic at the age, age at the moment? 44. I'm 49, bro. Why is that? We're working out all the time. What the fuck's going Mate, on? What, what so is... your, me your metabolic age is how old you've assumed I am for the last six months. What's your visceral fat? Visceral fat, hold on. I, I, I'm actually quite nervous about reading all this out because um, my visceral fat is 7.7. .7. Mate, mine's 15. What's your... God, this feels I don't like understand. Top, this I feels don't... like the saddest game of top trumps. Yeah. What's your body water? Uh, body water is 49.9%. Yeah, you beat me on that. I'm 48.3. Uh, what is your protein? Protein is 16.4%. Oh, 15.7. Pretty close there, boy. Skeletal muscle? Skeletal muscle is 41%. 44.6. You fucking rat. <laughs> muscle mass? Muscle mass is 55.8. Oh, I've got a different one. I've got... 13 stone, 13.58 stone. Um, I, I, how does this tell this from your bare feet? That's what I don't understand. Mate, fuck knows. Like, if I'm honest with you, like, so talking about this vibe, right, you know what I'm going to do in November? Have you seen in November the, for cancer um, we research? Need to, so, hold on, before, before, before you get into this, yeah. right, we need to issue an apology to the listeners. Go on, hit me, hit me, why? Well, because people get annoyed with us talking about this, don't they? So we, yeah, we need to, can look, we just say sorry? Look, I'm so, yeah, I apologise if this isn't your vibe. But this is what we're into at the moment. And we both, we both have quite serious, yeah. obsessive, and look, if it makes you feel, if, it, if, if it makes you feel any better, there's probably another two weeks of this. <laughs> and then we're back off the wagon, talking about our favourite takeaways again. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. Speaking of which, by the way, 
Okay. Hit me. I got a takeaway. I got a takeaway the other night. Yeah. Mate, I, I know that this is like, I'm telling you, man, chili, salt and pepper tofu. I know tofu, people hate tofu, but if, if they I, do I it I like well. tofu, but tofu doesn't like me. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I actually enjoy the taste of tofu. I think tofu could be banging if you get the right vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. But if you get the wrong vibe, it's unacceptable. I tried to make a tofu, tofu scramble. I literally would have more enjoyed vomiting into the pan and heating that up. <laughs> we've, we've changed up now. We've gone to a new... Uh, so we've been using the same curry house for the last three years and we've changed it to, changed to a Nepalese vibe. Mm. You know when your favourite place slowly deteriorates? Yeah. And everything just... Nothing's just, Everything tastes the same. Yeah. And well, there, there's some, some Indian... Like, because... When I used to go, when I used to go on tour with Sean Walsh, yeah, we used to go to Curry House after every show, and then I carried on that tradition. Yeah, when I went on to my first tour, and the variance in quality of Indian restaurants that we went to was staggering, man. I mean, like people think Curry House is a Curry House. Yeah, it just isn't the case. It's not the like, case, mate. Asif, who drives me, like, and he's a dear friend of mine, family friend. He literally, Asif, right, is, number one, he blew my mind the other day. He brought, uh, have you had like a pakora curry? Well, you're a vegetarian, but he brought a chicken pakora curry around the other day. Never, never, never tried that. Oh, I God. didn't even know that was a thing. Mate, I'm going to tell you now, chicken pakora in like, the, the sauce was absolutely, his mum made it for us. It was banging. It was unreal. Anyway, he was, he's got a real thing, right? So when we, we go to, like, when we went to Birmingham, not anywhere, we're always, same thing, we'll have a curry after or we'll go for a, like, a mixed, mixed grill vibe. It's a, it's a dangerous game, that, by the way. But he goes into a place. I've never seen anything like it. He asks where the chef is from. And if the chef's like Bengali, he will just walk out. And I'm like, well, that's fine. I'll, I'm starving. I'm not driving around Birmingham at fucking... Yeah, because Asif's a racist. Yeah, no, no. But that is the thing I don't get. Because he's like, nah, we're not going here. I'm not eating that. I'm like, why? He's so like, anti it. But why is he anti it? Because it's not, tr- because it's not authentic Indian. I'm not sure. He, he like, if it's like, if, if he goes to a place, it's like, if, if the person's from like, uh, you know, like Pakistan is his, what he's trying to look for all the time. If he can find someone right. from Pakistan, he's fine. But yeah, you because know, I guess he's from Pakistan, that's what his vibe is. But, you know, or Sri Lankan. But if, if it's Bengali, he's like, you know, he gets so angry. Mm. I think you might have outed him as a, a racist there, but <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know how. It, Most Indian restaurants are Bengali owned. Have I just made that up? Look, I'll openly say curry, like having a curry is literally my favourite thing in the world. Like, I, it's, mm. I enjoy it. I like, so, but I didn't know, but I do also know that. So I've travelled a lot, you know, from all the avenues of my life into different places, different towns, and I'll always look for a good curry house. Like, and yeah, yeah, the levels are, and also the levels Have you ever eaten in Monty's in Kingston? Yeah, yeah, I lived in Kingston Nepalese. for a time. That's Nepalese. That's good. Well, Nepal, the Nepalese know their shit. They're, yeah. they're, they know their stuff, right? Yeah. I've got to say, the levels that they do a paneer, anything with paneer is just another level with mm. the Nepalese. Have you tried making your own homemade paneer? I mean, I'm speaking as a vegan here, so I can't have it. No, no. It's quite easy to make paneer yourself. As yeah. in as in the actual the actual paneer, I mean. I don't mean the paneer curry. I cooked a cauliflower the other day. And mm. go on, talk me through it. So what I did was I used yogurt, turmeric, little um a little cayenne pepper. Uh were you freestyling seeds. this or were you following a recipe? I freestyle when I, I I start with a recipe and then I get bored. My ADHD ADHD kicks in and I just go renegade vibe. Sure. What a delight what a delight for Catherine. <laughs> She know she knows that if she gets in, it's like a haircut. If she gets in halfway through, it's actually going to be all right. 
but you'll always take it too far. A little bit of honey. <laughs> Start going through the cupboards yeah. tomorrow. Why have you added? Po- why have you? Why are you adding porridge oats? <laughs> porridge go of anything. Yeah, a bit of texture. Bit of texture, but you know. Um, so go on. So, so was it? Was it nice? And then I roasted it for like I think I roasted about forty-five minutes. Yeah, it was banging. It was very good. It was nice. What did you serve it with? I served it. I made some pita breads. You made from scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in, you made the dough. Yeah, man. Uh, equal Are you serious? Me- yeah, equal measures. Um, uh, yogurt, Greek yogurt, or any sort of uh, nice, a uh, decent sort of yogurt, and equal measures yogurt and flour. A mm. little bit of salt, a little bit of um, bacon powder. Yeah. Walloped that together, made a sick old dough, let it for half an hour to proof. Yeah. And then walloped those bad boys in. Absolutely beautiful. How do you get the little split so they turn into a pocket? Well, they don't. They puff up and then you just, with a knife, you score them. Oh, wow. Were yeah. they good? Yeah, they were good. Yeah. As in better than shop-bought pitters? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were really good. And then Catherine cooked a doll. And that's what we have for that. Uh, we could, we, it was a team effort. It was very cool. Well, it was a little trip around the world with you three, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah. Grace turned her nose up at all of it. Mm. Just ended up having a McDonald's. <laughs> Ten months. We just blended a Big Mac and fries for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get that in his little smoothie. <laughs> yeah, but do you find on tour, eating-wise, do you? Find, that's the thing that I'm now, I'm really conscious of trying to eat well because when you're gigging, it's in, so hard to eat well, isn't it? Well, it's very the, the thing that I uh, find difficult is I don't really want to eat too close to the show. Yeah. Because so then you go, I've made the mistake in the well, the mistake to make is to go. I'm going to save my big meal till after I get off stage. Yeah. Because then at ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night, which is inevitably when you're sort of getting your food, choices unless you're in like a a city city. If you're in a small town, that's really tricky to get something decent. Do you know what I mean? So what I what I end up te- what I tend to do is this is really boring, isn't it? But what I tend to do is, well, I'll either eat way before the show and then just be starving, or if I'm eating after the show, I have to do a bit of research. Now, Gratz, my tour manager, he'll do a little bit of. Uh, I like that. Gratz is a G, right? Yeah, he's a G. He'll do a little bit of research and go, let's hit up this spot after the show. So, but it's tough, man. I put on loads of weight. My first tour, I put on so much weight because I was just like. You just sort of go, okay, let's go find somewhere. And also being vegan, it's harder as well. Yeah, do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like I've I've turned up to the hotel and everybody's been able to eat except for me because like it happens loads of times. Turn up to a hotel and they go, they've only got toasties, which is fine. I don't mind toasties. But they've pre-made them and they're all buttered. And then they just go, Really sorry, we can't do you one. So then like it happens to be like it happens loads. So then, so now I've, I've actually become conscious of the fact this story's got less in, less interesting the longer I've gone on. But now. Basically, I pre-research. I research. What they've got. Yeah. I, I, would, I would say now, I'll apologise. Like, I did a gig culture in Colchester, and I had like I went for massive curry beforehand. Yeah. It was the first time I've done that. Yeah. And it was literally, it was a pile of dog. Like, I was so fucked. Yeah. I literally was in the worst food coma I've been in probably since 1998. What happened in 1998? Uh, big, big pizza hut lunch. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember absolutely. you telling me about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's where I got the tattoo. Um, Just a slice, the pepperoni slice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then never forget underneath. <laughs> it's like across my stomach, like Tupac, I've just got written, just just remember your eyes aren't bigger than your belly. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I was. it's a killer. Like that, that level of eating as well, it just makes you so uncomfortable. 
Yeah. And like, I realise now how greedy I am. It's like, we went to a thing on Saturday, right? Me, Catherine, Grace, and my parents went to a thing, and it was free food and free drink. Mm. As soon as I hear that, yeah, like there was these amazing street food stalls, right? Beautiful stuff, right? Honestly, one. Like, Catherine, Catherine had like a salad, like with noodles. Uh, my mum's a like vegetarian, so she like she yeah. went for like a vegetarian wrap. My dad yeah. followed me for a little bit, and then he looked in disgust when I had a fucking a bratwurst hot hot dog. Nice. Then I had um, some fucking pulled pork noodles. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then I thought thought the flatbreads looked nice, so I tried one of those, ate the whole fucking thing, and then I finished it off with a pizza. Right. Because <laughs> that's these are the stalls it had. Had four pints because it was free. Right, yeah, yeah, washed down by four pints. No, because of- obviously you must you must have had a lot of empty space now. Like you got to <laughs> you got to get you got to get some heavy pints down, you know. Yeah. And, and then a woman was walking around with these trays of cheesecakes. I literally, I had two. This is disgusting. I feel I had two cheesecakes from her, right? And then she how walked, big are these cheesecakes? They're literally like say probably just a little bit smaller in my hand open, right? Okay, fine. So she comes around with these cheesecakes. Then this this happens to me a lot when this sort of thing, you know, towards the end of the day and like early evening when they're trying to get rid of the food now. She she mm. came past and she went, oh, you can have one more cheesecake, can't you? Like, we don't want it to go to waste. Then I think that I'm fucking Superman stepping into the arena. I'll go, yeah, I'll take one. We don't want them, you know, come in. You know what I mean? I end up with him, so three fucking cheesecakes, right? Then they bring in a tap. There's, there's an argument that a third cheesecake is actually better in the bin than in you. Yeah, mate. Do, do, no, 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 I mean? no, no. At this point, Ron, I've become the bin. I am the rubbish bin now. Like they're literally just think they're looking over at me. So they're 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 looking across at where they've got to take the dustbin bags, and they're thinking that's quite a walk. And they're looking at you, and they're just thinking, well, he's just over there. <laughs> Sitting there, just two people discussing, going, oh, fucking these bin bags are the shit ones. They split when you walk across. That means you're going to get covered in bin juice. Why don't you just stuff them into that fucking human bin over there, right? So then, I've, I've eaten all this, right? Then the, the guy who's making the, like, fucking pizzas comes over, and he says it really to me. He went, I've made a load of pizzas that, no, you know, that are extra, so, um, you know, da, 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 they're going to go to waste. Yeah. I convinced my family to take four pizzas home with us, right? Wow. Right. Wow. Bearing in mind that the rest of them aren't even hungry, right? <laughs> we get home. Catherine makes herself a tuna salad, right? That's her second salad for Catherine. Yeah, yeah. Catherine's, Catherine's each eats it. Yeah, but like, yeah, she, she, she bells and whistles. She's an amazing salad maker, right? My mum and dad have um, some crackers um, and some uh, little Yeah, something small because they've, yeah. they've had yeah. a big eating day. I eat two of the pizzas. <laughs> I can tell how disgusted Catherine is in me, right? I mean, how much fucking dairy have you consumed at this point? No, I'm literally ninety. I'm, I'm like, I'm literally just stuffing fucking dough in my like yeast in my stomach. Like, and and like, I, I'm at some point I'm conscious that I might even be allergic to yeast or the fact that I've eaten that much fucking cheese on the fucking. But it's disgusting. We go to my sister's the next day. What's my sister doing for, t- like, for a big lunch that we've got uh, as a family? She's doing pizzas again. I ate another pizza. and I've literally, this is no joke, right? In the, over this weekend, I've eaten one, two, three, four, five. I've eaten five pizzas in two days. And that's, I that's, don't know what's more incredible, eating five pizzas or the fact you had to top that up again. <laughs> Do you know how bad that is, though? 
<laughs> it's bad. Fuck, it, it's, it's not bad. No, no, do you know what? It's not bad. It's whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's not bad. Yeah, but... You, well, had, a big, you had a big weekend. So <laughs> no, but then I turned to Catherine no, and said, I feel good for myself because I've not had a takeaway. She said, you had a McDonald's on Thursday when you got home from that gig. And you took four pizzas away from the fucking thing. <laughs> four pizzas that no one else wanted. Because I'm greedy. And you, took, and you took away most of their waste as well. <laughs> Genuinely, as I was walking out of the place, I, I, I was... People were slapping me on the back. Oh, nice one. Get me those pizza pizzas that no one else is going I know myself that there's people who are going to have been there who are going to go, oh my God, did you see that, that big guy, how much he ate? Do you know the, um, do you know the second pizza? Yeah. The, the second pizza at the end of the day? Yeah. When you're at home? Yeah. Did that feel good? No. Or, no. 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 Also, Ron, let's not forget, right, these pizzas are fucking freezing cold by now. Like, oh, did you warm up the pizza? No, no, I just had it cold. So you ate two cold pizzas at home? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. That's why I got up this morning at like fucking quarter to six to have a workout. And that's why I genuinely yeah. now I'm like, you know what? Like, I need to do something about fucking... I need to, like, I, for me, I, I, have to, I have to be all or nothing when it comes to the diet. As soon as I let a pizza in, into the door, I'm having a fucking house party of junk food. You know, like when those people put their Facebook, they're in a Facebook party because their parents yeah. are away and it just goes out of control. Yeah. That's what my diet's like. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, um, I don't, I think you've been too hard on yourself. I, look, you, you work hard, you work out a lot. You just enjoy, you had an, an enjoyable weekend. I just think sometimes that shit happens. Yeah, you know I mean? if, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if you're living your life like that, then I think we've got a bit of a, you know, <laughs> then maybe we need But I do question how much I even enjoyed any of the stuff or the fact that I just get overly crazy as soon as I see stuff for free. Yeah. Well, I know. I mean, I do think when I see that stuff's free, it flicks a switch in me. Yeah. Where like, for some reason, when it says free food or all inclusive, my brain goes, food's about to be made illegal. <laughs> and then also like, I always think to myself, do you ever have this where, you know, sometimes when you're full up yeah, and you le you're eating something really delicious. Yeah. Right? Uh, but you cannot finish. You know that you'll make yourself feel really uncomfortable and horrible. And you feel, I don't want to ruin my evening here. So I'm going to leave that. Even though it's fucking amazing. Yeah. I'm going to leave it. And then what happens is hours later or the next morning, you're hungry. And you think back to that time when you left that delicious bit of food. And you think, I can't believe I did. I cannot believe I did yeah, that. Like, yeah. That was so tough. I think that's what happens when you go to these places. Because like, what's happened to you is I totally relate to what you're saying. You've looked at all these stalls and you've gone... I could leave here and not have tried something from one of these stalls. I mean, I might not have tried one of the cheesecakes. Yeah, yeah. Admittedly, you don't need to try six of the things. <laughs> but you, you, could have, you could have left going, I wonder what that flatbread was like. I'll never know now because I'm never gonna, uh, that's never going to happen. Again. Arguably, you know I mean? because it's, it was free, what I could have done is, is just had a small tack. I didn't have to finish all of the stuff off. But then also... Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you make it, yeah, you make a good point. That is true. What are you like at a free bar? Are you still crazy? I used to be, but um, I've had a couple of experiences recently where, like, I went out on Friday night. Party room was out in full effect. Oh, banger. Where did you go? I went to Friction's album launch. Nice. And um, I had a thing where I drank quite quickly quite early on. And then I think I've talked about this before. I got nervous. I'd had four mini beers. Uh, no, I'm joking. I'd had, like, I'd had, like <laughs> I was in that... That brew dog in Brixton. Do you know yeah, brew dog? love it in there. Very good. 
Shout out so it's really nice beer, but it's it's you forget strong. that it's stronger. So strong, mate. It's insane, right? So you're you're drinking them like I forgot because they taste so nice. So you just drink it, and then suddenly I'm just like, why am I so battered? This is mad. I'm not normally this drunk. And, and then and then I looked at the board, and I was like, oh right, it's because this stuff is basically spirits. I'm fucking mate. It's you know I mean, it's like this time of year. I think Brewdog should. Come, I love it. By the way, shout out Brewdog. It should come with a health yeah. warning because as soon as the cold kicks in. There's something of that feeling, like, weirdly, the summer didn't hit me as much. You have, yeah. like, four or five pints from there, right, at that level, and then you go out in the cold. Let me tell you, it's, like, a whole fucking, like, the drunk, the level of drunk just goes through the roof for me. It's a vibe, isn't it? Yeah. Proper vibe. You, you're, like, literally staggering around, like, you've been drinking fucking wine since fucking eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's nice stuff. But anyway, the, the reason I told that story is because at a free bar now, I don't get crazy because I realised that I could do myself a, a, a disservice. Do you know what I mean? I, I've, I, in the past, I've like really gone overboard and made a tit of myself. So I don't want to do that again. So when it's a free bar, I just think, enjoy the fact it's a free bar. There is a slight issue of a free bar only being free until the money runs out. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And so there's, there's part of you that thinks, I need to hit this up before I have to start paying for these drinks. Do you know what I mean? Even even though you could happily afford the drink, it's not like, you know, you and I are not struggling to pay for drinks for an evening. Yeah. But at the same time, there's something about getting... <laughs> somebody, even Wait, if it's somebody that... Even it, if it's somebody you know that's fucking footing the bill, you that, still that's, You know my pet heart, hate, right? At my wedding, I yeah. had a free bar, right? right? And people were coming up to me going, uh, oh, fucking hell, do you want a pint? It's a free bar. And I'm like, it's not a fucking free bar. Because at the end of the day, some, I'm paying, in this particular situation, I'm paying for it. But I'm just, if I go to a wedding and it's like, you know, you go up and you go, oh, just a pint uh, and a gin and tonic and go to pay and they go, oh, no, the bar's free. There's not, I, I'd say human law is you literally go back to cafe and go get that down you quick because there's a free bar and it, it's going to run out quick. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's like literally yeah. leathering pints going, <laughs> going back and going, like, yo, is, is this bar still free? Well, I'll tell you what, just give us two pints, two gin and tonics. Yeah. Um, actually, we'll get a bottle of rose well, as well. There's an argument actually that it's cheaper to just have the free bar and not say there's a limit on it because then people will like just drink casually. Whereas if they know there's out. a limit and after that point, you're going to start paying. They just fucking hit it up. You know, whatever yeah. that limit is, Literally, smash for it, right? 15 minutes into the fucking wedding or the event, so the barman comes up and goes, oh, the free bar's gone. Yeah. We had a rap party that we had. Uh, me and James put money behind the bar. And I swear that it was just in, every 10 minutes, the guy's coming up going, the bar's, got, the, the bar's looking it's like it's going. I was like, this is mental. Mm. How, how much a bit? Everyone's drinking the most expensive cocktails. It becomes like everyone, everyone you know and love dearly becomes an absolute ruffian. Essentially, it's just like a galleon. Was, was that on King Gary? Because I don't remember ever coming to a rap party. <laughs> you did get invited, but you didn't come. You were, were, there getting... co- were, there, were there cocktails and stuff? Yeah. yeah this yeah. rap party that I didn't go to. You were invited. I'm, I'll, I'll go back for I, I must have been sitting in a tiny hotel room or something at the time. <laughs> you de- I definitely was devastated you weren't there, put it that way. Mm. You, you, your, your diary, like, I remember us trying to move it around you, but we couldn't. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, get, uh, yeah, I, remember I think this one was actually for the curse. The curse was a bit of a, because it was in Liverpool, yeah, so yeah. we sort of looked after people. It was during COVID. Was, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Do you do rap parties for your stuff? We... Oh, you had a big one, didn't you? You had a glitzy one for avoidance. No, we didn't do one for avoidance. Oh, no, we did do one for avoidance. Yeah, it was... Uh, um, where was it? Didn't you do a nice so one? Yeah, there yeah, we go. Fucking yeah, hell, boy. Fucking hell, um, this guy. This guy. I made an absolute, absolute cock. That's the problem. I made an absolute cock of myself at that. What did you do? 
I just got really drunk. I mean, like, I just did that. I just have this horrible habit when I'm drunk of thinking that I'm really entertaining. Do you know what I mean? I just sort of like... You, no, you are entertaining. Oh, you are an entertaining guy. Yeah, but... Yeah, I, I would say that my experiences of you being drunk are very much like myself, is that we've been in situations where we are... We'll end up thinking... We'll be quite chatty, and, and then all of a sudden, we'll, I can watch you, like me, sort of flip the down into your shell... Yeah, you the think paranoia you, sets in. And then you just watch someone else being far more vocal. Far more. Do you know what? It's, it's weird saying this as a comedian, but it happened to me the other day. I get nervous when I'm in a group of people and the conversation stops to listen to the anecdote that I'm telling. I can't. I find oh. it unbearable. Yeah. I've got to be honest. I know that sounds mad doing stand-up, but I really do hate it. And so like, often I will just be pretty quiet. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because I just I, I can't. I'm not really good in those situations. Though. I find myself just, yeah, becoming quieter and, yeah, like where, where you're, um, like, like sometimes, it depends on the group of people, doesn't it? But sometimes, especially, but it also relies on how drunk different people are. Yeah. It, it, around that, you know, because there's a level of drunk where you think that everything you're saying is absolutely incredible. Oh, God, it's awful. It's the worst place to be. Yeah. And and then the, uh, the other thing is, is that, um, the, the the thing that's happened to me that has happened to me more than once is where people are telling stories and then you tell a story and you sort of realise midway through this doesn't have the payoff that you hoped it did. And then you just sort of fade out at the end like a fucking pop song. <laughs> Awful. But you hit a moment like a Westlife, you know, like Westlife. Yeah. Really, like yeah. they come off the stalls and you're like, oh, mate, this is the this is fucking, they're going to end it yeah. here and then they go on for another like minute and a half and it just sort yeah. of dwindles out. It would be like Westlife getting up. Like, it's a key change, but it's just an instrumental bridge that takes you out to the end of the song. Um, uh, talking about fitness, you know what I'm going to do in November? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I've got to apologise to you. You were about to talk about this thing you are doing this. Uh, you know what I'm going to throw, throw down, right? I'm going to do, yeah. in November, I'm going to do 100 press-ups a day for the whole of November for cancer research. It's amazing. Okay. Are you getting, are you getting sponsored for that, or is it just for the Instagram stories? Uh... <laughs> See, this is where you're a prick. <laughs> um, for both, no, I'll be getting sponsored. But I had to. Okay. I need to know how you verify it so that you're doing that. Oh yeah. How many press ups can you do in a set? How many? Where, where are you? Where are you at? I don't know actually. I've never. I've never tested my max press up capacity. I don't think. You know, before lockdown, I couldn't do one press up. I'd never done a press up in my life. No, I, 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 I was the same way. I had to do it. I had to do it on my. Well, I, I, I did do press ups, but I, was, I had my knees down. Yeah, and then yeah, and then now I can do a press up. I, and I would say shout out anyone who, who feels they can't do, but like, like number one, doing them on your knees, right? That's how I started. Like I was doing. I got up. Like That's I started. How I started too. Like literally started doing like having to do ten on my knees, which is quite embarrassing. With you know, yeah. Like your personal training, but then and now I feel like you go like, oh shit, actually, well, to, from there to there, it just shows that you can, you can, you can do these things. But there's something really like when you're watching, and I, I look, I, there's a part of me that thinks that you, you, the stigma of a gym is that actually no one really gives a shit about what you're doing for the most yeah, part. Yeah, that is true. That that is true. And I, if I could give somebody advice, it's gone to nobody really knows what they're doing, and nobody gives a shit what you're yeah. doing. So just remember that. Anyway, go on. Um, but yeah, I, I, I constantly had in my head that everyone was looking at me laughing behind my back that I was doing press-ups yeah. on my knees. And yeah. quite a lot of the time, I'd do like three or four press-ups on my knees and just sort of get up and then just hope no one had seen me. And then actually sort of dedic like actually committing to it. So 
I think now like, I, I'm, I'm going to try and do this. You know when you just think, actually, I need something like this? Yeah. I need to push myself through something like that. I just don't know how yeah. you verify it. But, yeah, I'm going to do that. So well, I, will I think, you know, if you're doing it for charity, you we can trust you, can't we? I yeah. mean, is, yeah. you're not going to lie about it, are you? I'm, I'm a trustworthy kind of G. Yeah. How, how are you thinking about doing it? Um, are you going to do 10 sets of 10 or, or five sets of 20? Or I'll probably just... Doing it all or, uh, no, not all of them go. Probably, I'd, I'd hope to do four sets of 25 or like two sets of 25 and then cut two sets of 25, two sets of 15 and a set of 10. Yeah. Yeah, that feels like a way of losing track midway through. Well done. <laughs> Why do you, try and make the numbers more complicated if you can. <laughs> that way you'll never have a fucking clue. Also, that doesn't add up to 50, out. does it? Two 15s, <laughs> two 10s. Yeah. No, it doesn't. That adds up to 40. You're doing 90 there. Right. So, so what I'll probably need to do is, I'll do the press-up, so I will need someone who can count sitting next to me. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'll sit there well, with Grace. Good luck, Catherine. Yeah, no, I know I know you're trying to be a mum, but I've got some press-ups here and I can't get to 100, so can you get on it, please? I'll do you mind holding my phone get this on the stories as well? Is that all right? <laughs> Looking forward to the day on day fucking 17, 18, you can buff, buff off in a, in a vest and a little muscle top. Um, getting that getting that pump on around 95. I'm just looking forward to the day that I can wear like a, a Lakers or a, a Bulls fucking basketball jersey and not feel like fucking not feel like any Hold on, with nothing with nothing underneath. That's that that would be my dream. Yeah. Oh, that would be my dream too because then we can finally bring this podcast to an end because I'm not fucking <laughs> I'm not doing a podcast with somebody who just wears a fucking basketball vest. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> a pair of jeans. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> Skinny jeans and a basket and a Lakers jersey. Yeah. Look, no disrespect to anybody that does that. You know, it's fine yeah, for you. Shout but, um, yeah, shout out if you do that. Uh, that's a vibe you need. Right, should we do, should we do some emails? Okay. Uh, this email is from. It's a follow up email. Uh, and it says, hi, Rom and Tom, I decided to take your advice. So this is a follow up to last email, it says here. Right. Um, I decided to take your advice and antagonize my six foot seven, 19 stone son. Oh, this is the guy that, um, you know, the guy that his son was like hitting the TV with the balloon or whatever. And then he made him piss himself. Yeah. 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 So I decided to take your advice and antagonize my six foot seven inch, 19 stone son at a family gathering to ensure that I could piss myself to gain clarity. <laughs> As Tom suggested, what, I indeed why has had, he done it at a family gathering. I, I've got no idea. I've got no idea. He's made it much higher stakes than he needs to. <laughs> I indeed antagonised my son. Instead of chasing me under a dining room to dining room table to piss myself, he got me in a horrendously tight headlock in front of the family, and humiliated me, rendering me almost unconscious. As I was losing consciousness, he decided he would squeeze tight as he felt I yet again embarrassed him by sending in my first email. When I came round, is this tr- this can't be true? This guy was. Throttled to the point of unconsciousness by his son. When I came round, we hugged it out, and through the tears of father and son love, we parted with him punching me in my frail kidneys. I was thinking about Rom and his lazy eye and how I could repay the favour, and I came up with this gem. Instead of Rom being a negative Nelly and focusing on the negative of his lazy eye, he should instead consider calling his good eye an athletic eye, making his shit eye instead a normal eye. I mean, I'd say you'd undermine this this favour by calling it a shit eye. This seems a more positive outlook and one of my better ideas. Based on your parenting, yes, I would say it's one of your better ideas, yeah. Uh, I'm more than happy to take credit for it if you want to use it in the future. Yours sincerely, Steve. Um, I mean, Steve yeah. sounds insane. Is, is, any of the, is any of this fucking true? I've, I've, been, at a, I've been at a barbecue. <laughs> this is fucking I, I've, insane. I have been at a barbecue where 
people who were friends, I can't remember if I've talked about this before, but people who were friends of us, uh, of ours, um, the stepdad antagonised the son into a wrestle and the son basically, you know, it, it went on for, for an hour or so with the stepdad saying about him being stronger and kept on ribbing the kid. Yeah. And in the end, the kid's fucking thrown the, the son to the floor. It's one of Jeff Norcott's favourite stories. Right. Like, and he basically, it was one of the most indignifying things, but the son's a really sweet-natured boy, the dad's a bit of a prick, threw him on the floor and then held him in a wrestle hold for like, until the dad basically gave up. And the dad was like, I'm not giving up, I'm not, I'm not giving up, I won't fucking get... And then in the end, like, the son was like, I'm not letting you, like, the, you know. And then basically, like, he had to tap out because he was essentially like, like Steve, going to fucking KO. It was fucking, like, genuinely... Like at first everyone's laughing a bit, and then yeah. it, it went on for say three or four minutes, like this wrestle and, and like the actual fucking this hold. Like, and that's amazing if you're watching MMA or watching UFC and you're watching Paddy the yeah. Baddy smash someone. If you're at a fucking quite a meek family barbecue <laughs> and you're sort of standing there eating some fucking like half done wolf sausages out of a fucking naff old bun, yeah. and you're looking down thinking, this, where, what happens after this? Yeah. And honestly, it was so fucking embarrassing for everyone involved. Like, actually, the embarrassment of the guy who's been choked out and the son was paled into, like, into nothing compared to the rest of us who had to watch it and feel like, what is he at? What's going... Like, because this isn't over now. Like, one way or another, this is... You know, so in, in, in the fact of Steve, number one, you have to argue the fact that, like, Steve, right, and the, the, my friend in question, who I won't name, right, both... Well done for showing some uh, discretion. <laughs> right, for both of them, it's not actually about the son, it's about them. Yeah. It's about them getting a, a way of feeling that actually this is going to make... Like, so he's indignified his son in front of people to the point where his son felt the best course of attack is to choke him until he needs to lose. If this is true, right? That means the things he said and done to his son during that barbecue far outweigh the thing that he's been choked out. Because at the end of it, you, you, you know, it's just the whole thing. Like, I've got to say, Steve, like, you know, I don't know what you're like as a guy... It was really stinks of a kind of awful toxic masculinity. And then to sort of put the cherry on the top of the cake, you think, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll say something horrible about uh, someone else who, who's literally lived their life with, 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 with the situation. So how do I, how do I potentially turn this positive? Like, you're, you're talking shit, pal. You're an absolute... <laughs> oh like, no, but it, it's one of my pet hates, man. It's one of my pet hates. I've said this before, I think, on this podcast. I don't find it funny when people take the mick out of your eye. I don't think, I don't, I don't like it when you have to feel that you have to do it. I find yeah. it's not nice. It's essentially bullying, right? And if you can't think of any, anything else to say about it, yeah, don't say fucking anything because it's not fucking cool. I don't, I don't agree with it. I've sat on fucking panel shows and listened to people do it. It pisses me off. It really annoys me because it's a oh. fucking, it's essentially bullying and it's not cool. And like, so for Steve to do that, I think you're a bit of a prick, Steve. And if we lose a listener, then fuck you. <laughs> oh uh, Steve, thank you so much for your full up email. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> Uh, in all seriousness, Steve, I don't know whether anything you've said is true. I just, I find it really hard to believe. Uh, he must be making this up. He's got to Yeah, I, uh, I don't, but I've, I've, I've sat and watched something like this take place. So he might not be. I mean, he might not be. And in the, like, for me, I look at like the situation I was in and I, I sit there and think like, yeah, that wasn't just like, it's not like, it wasn't a cool thing to watch it. And like, yeah. Yeah. 
It's a well, weird I, way um, of... Yeah. Well, thank you for the email that I read with my athletic eye. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the let's move on to the next email, which is from the disgusting pig. Uh, fucking hell! I want it to be uh, quite think, a good name for Steve. I think we might have. Uh, I think we might have found an emailer with lower self esteem than us, which is uh, a hard find. Uh, Thank you for the excellent podcast. It's the highlight of my week, and I often find myself chuckling like a madman when I'm out walking the dog, listening to you. Sorry for the length of this email, but I feel like some context is needed to understand the advice I'm after. I'm currently on my honeymoon on a lovely tropical island, something my new wife and I have spent a lot of money on, and at times look forward to it more than the wedding. That's totally understandable, by the way. You shouldn't feel bad about that. Now, the resort we're staying in is an all-inclusive. I, like most men out there, see that as an opportunity. Oh, my God, you're not going to believe this. See, this is an opportunity to eat and drink as much as I can wow. possibly squeeze in my stomach at every mealtime. Wow, we really are pertinent. Uh, last night, we sent uh, we went to the a la carte restaurant and had a sit-down three-course meal. I was so scared of being hungry later that evening. Ended up eating four pieces of bread, arancini, pizza with sausage and peppers on, garlic bread, a chocolate dessert with ice cream, three beers and a glass of red wine. Safe to say I was completely stuffed. Uh, or what Tom Davis would call a starter. Not even a single crisp... <laughs> Oh, not, not even a single crisp would have found room inside of me. Shortly after finishing my meal, we sat down for some drinks and I got another beer. At this point, my body decided enough was enough and my stomach started doing backflips. I swiftly power walked out of the bar, hesitantly followed by my wife, violently he... Oh, my God. <laughs> violently heaving in front of punters and people having their late evening dinner. I burst into a short sprint out of sight of everyone and proceeded to projectile vomit all over the lovely white sandy beach of the resort. Upon returning to my room, I instantly felt better, and it slowly dawned on me that within a week of being married, I'd eaten myself to the point of violently throwing up in front of my now truly ashamed wife. This, of course, then triggered an anxiety attack. Okay, this is not funny now. This, of course, then triggered an anxiety attack as I convinced myself that my wife and I would not be able to show my face in the hotel again through sheer embarrassment and shame. Anyway, the advice I'm after is how do you stop yourself from eating until you're full, full to the point of feeling ill and just enjoy your meal? Two, how do you deal with the overwhelming anxiety that follows an embarrassing situation like this? Any help would be greatly appreciated. Much love, the disgusting pig. Number one, I'm not going to call you the disgusting pig. I think no. uh, I don't think that's needed, my G. I think um, I think I should call you the wholesome pig. Uh, listen, number one, uh, having when you go back and listen to this podcast, um, there's literally no advice I can give you to your first part of the problem because. I still have a very gluttonous nature and it would be uh, insincere of me to, to sit here and try and give you, like, try and tell you to do something that I, I, like, I, I have a real problem in doing myself. Um, I guess my thing would be, number one, I would say that you've make, making yourself that sick might not even mean that it could have actually been something you've eaten not being quite right, if yeah. I'm honest with you, because yeah. to be that, that violently that feels sick... Like a, that feels like a mad... That's quite an extreme thing. To be that violently sick would either be... Yeah, saying... Because usually you just sit with there with a stomachache and then just need a massive shit if you've um, eaten that much. So to be actually violently sick, I don't know if that would be... You know, that would be down to how much you've eaten. Anyway, look... Uh, so I can't give you any advice for that because it would just yet yeah, it wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be right. But what I can do is, when it comes to living with any kind of shame or anything like that that's happened, uh, where you feel what what you'll feel like, you'll feel like the magnifying glass of that whole room was upon you, and you'll feel that 
everyone was looking, you'll feel like that's all that anyone's going to be talking about. And, you know, again, I mentioned that earlier in, in how I felt about the, the event I went to this weekend. The fact of the matter is, it's no one's fucking even thinking about it. Now, most people will probably think that you have, you genuinely have probably eaten something that's made you quite ill and you've had to go and throw up. So more than anything, people are probably questioning what they've eaten themselves. There's a bit of a paranoia thinking, what did he have to eat? Because, fuck, like, if, if there's a little bit of wrong, like bad, bad seafood or whatever... I wouldn't let it ruin your your time. I, I'd, I'd try, if you can, to sort of, you know, again, it just feels fucking insensitive, but I'd try not to eat as much. But also it's worth remembering that, you know, your honeymoon and, you know, being like in an all-inclusive place with good food and good drink, that's what a honeymoon's for, is to enjoy yourselves, to eat well, to drink well, and, and enjoy, you know, don't let the anxiety of what's happened ruin what should be a really really special occasion it sounds like you're in an amazing place enjoy it don't let that cloud and and also don't let it just become a thing don't let it become something that stays with you let it be, you know what it's like genuinely the best thing like the, one of the reasons i got into stand-up is that i had like constantly things like this like embarrassing situations kept on happening like through my life from being as long as i can remember like something you know i'd always be like it, like that, that self-deprecation or something would happen. And that was one of the reasons to get on stage actually is quite cathartic. You can actually sit, tell a story, make people laugh. I was doing that long before I was doing stand-up. It turns into a funny story. Don't let it be something that defines how you are as a person in a negative. Let it be the time that you ate and so much that you threw up on a beach. And then, yeah, and, and let find the humour in it. And find the humour of your wife in it. Yeah, she'll be embarrassed. You know, she might be a little bit pissed off that you ate that much but actually to be fair she was probably quite kind and probably sort of at the time put put a general manager let it yeah don't let it don't let it bear you down my g uh great advice once again from tommy davis the wolf uh how do you stop yourself from eating until you're full to the point of feeling ill and just enjoy your meal question one if we could just look at what he's eaten there right i ate four pieces of bread pizza with sausage arancini Garlic bread, chocolate dessert and ice cream, three beers and a glass of wine. I mean, it's a lot, but it's not like... Do you know I what mean, the, the trouble is, Rom? It's yeah. half of what I ate on Saturday. <laughs> I think you're being too hard on yourself, man. I, I, yeah. I don't think um, you need to worry about this. Do you know what I mean? It was like a one-off thing. And I think Tom's right. It's possible that just... Because the thing is, I'm assuming that you're somewhere hot. I mean, that has an effect. Yeah. I mean, you have a day out in the sun and all that, and then you eat. You might be dehydrated. You might have a bit of sunstroke or whatever. I think just you're being too hard on yourself. Uh, I would say in terms of dealing with it, uh, the overwhelming anxiety, you need to just front it out. I mean, the truth is you don't know what people are assuming. Like, you've told us that story. Nobody else knows that you overate or whatever. And we and, and be honest with you, I'm not even sure it is because of overeating that you ended up throwing up. I think people thought you were ill. Do you know what I mean? That like, yeah, yeah, that's I, it. I, I, I can't see the people did. That's what I think. Yeah. So, um, you know, if I saw somebody being sick, I'd either think they've been drinking or depending on when it was, I think they've just feeling unwell. Do you know what I mean? I'd be calling the over going, I won't be having the prawns or the scallops. Yeah, I will not be having the four pieces of bread, arancini, pizza, sausage and peppers, garlic bread and a chocolate dessert <laughs> with ice cream as well as three beers and a glass of wine. Okay. <laughs> I that doesn't even sound a lot to me. That sounds like quite a normal. No, that's meal. what I mean. That's what I mean. I don't know. I don't know whether that says that this isn't really a problem, or it says that we have got a massive problem. <laughs> it's one of those two things. 
<laughs> so listen, uh, you're not a disgusting pig. Uh, you're a normal person that had a little bit of an overindulgent, possibly was ill. Don't worry about it. Uh, you're in a great place. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. Just draw, let let this let us dealing with this email be you drawing a line under it and moving on to enjoy the rest of your honeymoon. Okay, don't just absolve yourself of any concerns, please. Yeah. Thank you. This is from the Bald Eagle. Hi, Wolf, Owl and Swan. Huge fan of the pod and of both your work. Big fan of Avoidance and King Gary. The Owl and I go to the same gym in the mornings. Oh, nice. Oh. Wow. After not seeing the Owl for a few weeks, seeing him flutter in with a fresh-looking fade in great shape, all I could hear was a wolf's voice big in the Owl with a wowzers looking fresh, boy. Nice. I often think about mentioning I'm a fan of the pod and of both your work, but I don't want to be that guy that interrupts your time uh, as time in the gym is limited, especially in the morning. And appreciate a dangerous precedent will be set. So just as a top of, tip, just so just as a tip of the hat, uh, you're both a huge inspiration and love all your work. It got me thinking: what is the most inappropriate, inconvenient place that someone has stopped you? Keep up the great work. Cheers, the Bald Eagle. Thank you, Bald Eagle. Next time you see me at the gym, come over and say hi. I'd love to chat to you. Man, that's, not that's for a long time. Not for a long time. Just just a handshake. Yeah. I, I like those ones when someone comes over and. Uh... You know what I, I find number one. I, now having a child, I find uh, we talked about this very early on in the pod. I find it's always lovely if people come. Number one, I think I, I I'm not. I, I genuinely, if people, someone comes over and says they've enjoyed the podcast or whatever, and says some kind words, and you have a little chat, I'm fine with that. My problem is number one when it's alcohol induced. Yeah, I find it very. I find myself getting quite anxious and quite. If it's anxious, anxious you don't. You, no, the, the problem. The reason you get anxious, and I relate to this. You don't know what the, they might say. Something that ruins your day—that's yeah. the problem. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I, I, I had this the other day. Some guy goes, he wasn't drunk. I was at the cinema. I was just walking to get the kids for a kid's birthday party. And this guy goes, "Oh, you're Romish, aren't you?" And I went, "Yeah." And he goes, "You're quite funny sometimes." Just wanted to let you know that. That's mm. right. Yeah, Cheers, mate. Yeah. It, anyway, go on. It's it's that wise guy attitude, right? It's, it's, mm. it's going back to Steve's email, right? And maybe I was a bit harsh, but it, like what Steve's done there is he's deflected a situation, but he's tried to, by mentioning your eye, he's tried to make that into a joke that he thinks you're, but I don't think it's cool. What people tend to do, and I, I had it the other week with Grace when we were out for Sunday lunch, a guy was drunk, you know, sort of three o'clock in the afternoon, he'd been on the hours, and then you're like, I was with my daughter and he overly stepped the mark. That's where you're like, mm. oh man, come on! I'm with, I'm with a ten month old baby here, and yeah, yeah. you're what you're talking about and how you're being is aggressive. So then you and I ended up sometimes swerving those places with my family. So, but for the most part, I'd say that people are, are pretty much decent. I, I I think, like, yeah, mine are always pretty much like you know you finish a gig and someone's insisting you stay. In, uh, like in the bar and get pissed with them and then trying to sit, like you go to a toilet and they come in and try and offer you drugs. <laughs> yeah. Stuff, yeah. Stuff like that yeah. is, uh, yeah, that's it's great. I, yeah. I mean, it's a nightmare. <laughs> um, or insist that you go and see uh, their ill wife. That was, that was, I reckon, the maddest one I've ever heard in my life. If I'm honest with you, that was insane. But yeah, I think. Yeah, did, was... did we tell this story in the book? We did tell this story in the book. Yeah, yeah, I think you did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Bald Eagle, first of all, do come over and say hello the next time we're at the gym together. Yeah, but what Tom said is right. It's not necessarily inappropriate, inconvenient places. It's when people are drunk. I had one thing where I was walking past a kebab shop late one night. It's like midnight or something. Party rom was in full effect. Gotcha. And this guy goes, um, genuinely, this is how the conversation went. The guy goes, oi, Romesh, my mate says you're not funny. And I just went, well, I don't think your mate's funny. 
And then he goes, it's such a shit comeback, but I was drunk. And then he goes, what are you being like that for? I said, what? Uh, I said, I'm not being like anything. He goes, what are you being like that? What are you like fucking getting leery for? I just, and I was like, it escalated into a fucking confrontation. I literally said back to the guy what he said, what to, he you. said to me. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. And then the other thing is I've had like guys come up and ask for a photo. So many people, by the way, I, I get nervous answering these questions because most people are unbelievable. Yeah, most people are lovely. And, so, and, and that's like 95% are. Yeah. And I love it. I, I feel really grateful to be in a job where people come up to you and go, I just wanted to let you yeah. know that I really love what you do because most people don't have that in their lives. Do you know what I mean? And like, I don't take it for granted. Occasionally you get people like, normally when they're drunk, I'd like a group of lads come up to me, like proper fucking, like, you know, those hench, like yeah. hench boys are like, absolutely ripped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come up to me, asked for some photos. So I did the photos with them. And then they sort of went, um, they just carried on chatting to me and I was sort of waiting for the conversation to an end. Not because they weren't nice lads, but like I was with like friends. And they went, do you reckon it'd be all right if we, um, if we joined you for the evening? And then I, I had to just say to them, like, we, uh, we are still strangers. Like, do you know what I mean? We are like, this is like being a nice chat, but we are still strangers. And then like, the other thing is you get people come up to you in the toilet and stuff. Yeah. Like people start chatting to you in the toilet or, uh, I'll tell you what happened to me the other week. Um, I went to the toilet in a pub. I came out and then I got tagged in a message going, uh, just seen Romish Ranganathan's dick. Yeah, and I've had that three or four Rhino. times. I've had someone take a picture in that scenario. I mean, like yeah. seriously, man, what the fuck? You know, actually, weirdly, you know I mean? like the, the, I think actually the most awkward, not awkward, at, at the time that I actually hated the most was when me and you went to the England-Scotland game. Mate. And those guys were like, they like, because so on the way to the game, like you were a little bit on edge, I'd say. Like and like you, we well, talk, it's because it's like you're at Wembley in like yeah. a highly charged game. Yeah, and, and people look, like us don't come out of that world. No. Do you know what I mean, in terms of interactions and, with people, and I was kind of like trying to put a positive spin on it. We literally got out of the car, and the first thing we were conf confronted with is that fucking helmet who was coked up, angry, and like, but the level of aggression from him that came from nowhere. Just sort of like, shouting at me that I think I'm funny or whatever. Yeah, but it's again, like, it was that. It's like his mates were lovely as well. They all wanted a picture. Yeah, we had a chat about the football, and he stood there just being really aggressive. So, that, so I guess you know it's that vibe, man. But yeah, for the most part, I like I love people. I'm a people person. I love a chat. I like to. I love it when people come over. It's a vibe. Mm. We're very blessed. Proper vibe. Uh, okay, should we do one more? Let's do one more, my bro. Uh, this is from The Wandering Wombat. Uh, Wandering Wombat here. I hope my email finds you well. I've been loving the podcast since I was introduced to it a few months back, and I thought it was about time to send my question. My question is regarding my mum. Just before COVID hit in 2020, my mum found out her husband of six years had been cheating on her. The relationship fell apart from then onwards, resulting in her living by herself throughout the ensuing lockdown. Since then, she's been reluctant to put herself out there, not necessarily on the dating scene, but with friends, she would spend weeks at a time without seeing anyone, has relied heavily on me and my siblings for company and engagement. She seems to have forgotten how to interact with people and your normal social cues have gone out the window. During this time, my mum has begun relaying anything we say to her back to my other siblings as gossip. It's got to the point where you can have a conversation with her, but actually immediately message her about anything we've said. I'll caveat that by saying generally what she's relaying from our conversations can be as inconsequential as I've bought some new pants, found a new recipe on our fridge or stopped working. However, at times they can be personal thoughts and feelings on particular matters. It's gone from trusting your mum and telling her everything to wanting, not wanting to talk to her about anything through fear it will just become gossip. She seems to be seeking drama where there isn't any and stirring things up between my siblings. It's been coming to a head as getting, I'm getting married to my lovely fiance, one bat in a week, and the incessant drama mongering gossip has continued 
She now gossiping about my soon-to-be in-laws. My fear is that she'll soon repeat something said by one of us that may cause a rift in our relationship with siblings. And as we're all very close, this would be devastating. My question is, how should I approach this topic with my mum? I've spoken about it with my brother and sister, and we agree something has to be said. Kindest regards, Wandering Wombat. Tommy Day. Uh, I kind of get this as well, because I, I, my mum is... I love my mum with all my... I love her dearly. And, uh, but she will be like... Like openly, if you, if you chat about something... Within seconds, I know that she's on the phone to my sister or one of my aunts or sort of one of her friends, and she's sort of and and not in a. I don't think it's a negative thing. I think it's just a term of conversation. Mm. I look, my mum worked hard all her life. She she, you know, she's retired now. So I think there's there's a situation sometimes where retirement and not like we all had this a bit during lockdown, right? Like your me and you certainly talked about it. It was like you you go from having like a really busy life to having not much going on. So the smallest thing becomes like, you know, you still want to have the conversations, you still want to chat to people, but actually your topics of conversation sometimes are dwindling. So what you do is you go, oh yeah, did you hear about this? Or do you? I don't, I don't think it's a negative from from your mom. I think if it's causing a negative situation, the best thing is to to converse and have a chat. I think it's also probably worth saying that your mum's probably dealing with sort of a little bit of like a PTSD or a bit of depression if, if she's been through the situation she's been in. It's a really difficult thing. Like, you know, it, we're just, you know, it was World, World, World Mental Health Day this week and, you know, me and Rom are big advocates of talking about our problems and both me and Ramesh have done therapy and whatever. I think our generation are more open-minded with that. We're, we're quite, that's a, that's the thing that we do. There's times where I, I, I look at both my parents and think, like, what could help is them chatting to someone and chatting to an expert and, and sort of, you know, especially sort of my mum has, has sort of lost two or three people in the last year and, and, like, I worry about the consequences of that. Like, you know, I know how what an impact some had on me, but for her, I worry about her and how that's affected her mental health. So I think I think it's probably just chatting to her and seeing if, in, instead of going guns blazing and sort of, you know, try and do it in a sensitive manner and see if if, the, if she would want to talk to someone, like, you know, if she would want to go through therapy because, you know, just sort of chat through what's happened to her. But listen, man, sending you love, sending you congratulations. Good luck with the wedding. It's going to be the most amazing thing in the world. And everything in life sorts itself out, my G. Congratulations, Wandering Wombat. Uh, I would agree with Tom. Uh, your mum's been through a lot and she's not socialising. So any of these chats that she's having become her news and drama and so while i'm not saying it's all right i do understand it so i i'm sure that you are but it's just a matter of sort of being sympathetic with the situation your mum finds herself in and sort of being forgiving of the way that she's behaving uh however it needs addressing and i think it's just kind of in the short term my advice to you would be by the way i'm speaking as a completely unqualified in these situations but in the short term I think that you need to have a word with your mum about not doing that. And you can do that in a gentle and nice way. And I'm sure she'll be completely understanding. But in the long term, I think you need to look at getting her some support. And it might either be getting her some somebody to talk to or even getting her back out in the social circle, getting her back in the mix. Do you know what I mean? And probably a combination of those things. I think that's the long-term solution. But it needs addressing immediately. Um, so that, that would be my short term advice for you, but you know, be sympathetic with your mum. Obviously, you know, this better than I, than we do, but she's gone through it. And so this is kind of quite a natural reaction to that. She's sort of, she's not got a lot going on socially. And so you guys talking to her is 
essentially all that she's got going on. Do you know what I mean? So she's latched onto that and I understand that, but it needs addressing. Uh, congratulations, man, and good luck with it all. Godspeed. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, that is about all we've got time for here on the the Wolf and Al. Of course, I, I'm making that up because we could go on for longer, but we've just decided to make them about this length. Uh, so, Tom, could you please uh, do us the honours of taking us out? Yo, what is a champion? What's a champ? Is it a man who stands in a ring after a fight who's won and sits holding a belt? Or is it a footballer who has navigated through 12 months of league action to put a medal around his neck or her neck? Is it a skier who wears a gold medal? A champion is someone who gets through every day with a smile on their face, who might win the smallest of battles, might win the smallest of things to make them feel like the biggest winner. Don't put yourself up against others. Know that the wins in your life will add up. And at the end of it, when you sit down and you go to meet your maker and you look upon the league table of wins, they're the moments that you can cherish. They're the invisible medals you wear around your neck that say, here we have a champ. Godspeed. I love you guys. Really? Yo. Maga. Love it. Love it. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to The Wolf for Now. We would like to be played out, JT, with a little bit of Kano, Garage Skank Freestyle. Oh. Please drop that thing, particularly the lyric where he says, you girls pum pum stinks like the A13 Beckton exit. Wow. Uh, guys, we will see you next time. Take care of yourselves. We love you all. Peace out from both the wolf and his feathery friend, the owl. Boom. Take care. I kept money in the box that my crepes come in Before my first Wiley check come in So what? Them man are flexing Them man are keep on flexing Well, yeah, girls, pom pom stinks like the A13 Bechton exit Wanna get immature, we can get spexy We don't do Twitter walls, you can get slept quick Wanna get old school, we can get sex shit But no baggers on deck shit, uh I'm so ghetto, my bridging was he might up on my electric Now I got the fucking car from Scout Electric Made in a manner If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.